So welcome to another episode of Late Night with Tamir Benelli. Today's a Independence Day special. <laughs> we actually have a lot of viewers in the U.S. Uh, listeners, I guess, in the U.S. So happy Independence Day to those who are listening from the U.S. And today we have Misha Fotovati, who is in McGill Med. And today we're going to talk about mental health, but specifically uh, social anxiety and imposter syndrome. And we both kind of have experience working with this. We were both in the Student Advocacy Committee in Marianopolis. She ran it though as just a member, but, but we were dealing with a lot of uh, mental health issues, like to, to help students with mental health issues uh, in the college. So I think it's a nice uh, guest to have today. I'm looking forward to the episode. So thank you very much for being here today. Thank you so much for inviting me, Tamir. I'm really excited. Yeah. So to get it started, um, how would you explain social anxiety to those who have never experienced it before? So I think social anxiety is a buzzword that we hear a lot more now, especially with social media. I feel like um, certain Instagram pages and like TikToks, they'll talk about social anxiety, but um, a lot of people might not know exactly what it is. So if I would describe it in like one sentence, I would say that it's this overwhelming fear of judgment from mm-hmm. others, especially in like social situations. Um, at least interestingly enough, the fact that you mentioned that we worked on um, the student advocacy committee together and I was leading it, I actually experience a really like overwhelming fear myself um it's kind of like a voice in your head that tells you like you're gonna do or say something wrong and I feel like Mm -hmm. that's normal but it can be really intense um and it can happen during the interaction with the person before or after um and not just at work or in school with like people you don't know but also your close friends like you fear that Maybe they're judging you or like you're not saying the right things. Mm. I mean, even when I do podcasts, right? Sometimes I'm like, am I going to get canceled from like a remark or something? So, yeah, Yeah, especially now, because you know that even on like there's like a huge call out culture, too. So it's especially amplified um, and I'm sure it can make it even harder to like try to be yourself and Mm. speak out. So I agree. Yeah, especially when you think like, you know, like, is, is my future employer going to hear this or like, you know, something like that? I don't know, but I'm still doing it and I'm hoping for the best. But yeah, yeah, with social anxiety, I think a lot of people like have it, but they just don't like to admit it. You know, like even like even if you, you know, like you message your friends to hang out. I don't know why, but sometimes even when I do, even if we like hang out like we hung out like 10 times in the past. Sometimes I'm still scared. Like, what if they're going to like reject me? You know, like all of a sudden they don't think we're friends anymore or whatever. Like it's so like irrational, but it just happens every time. And then when they're like, yeah, sure. We'll hang out. I'm like, oh, you know. (laughs) It's so reassuring to hear. But at the same time, I'm also the friend where like, you know, you text someone like, yeah, you've hung out with them for 10 times and then you text them to hang out. And then all of a sudden you're scared. And this was something I was going to talk about later, but a lot of people with social anxiety, at least myself, I have a tendency to avoid things. So like if someone would be like, oh yeah, let's hang out. And then I'm scared that they're going to judge me the whole time. So I'm like, I cancel last minute (laughs) or like, and that's really bad. Like you shouldn't be doing that. But like even a close friend, 
it mm. can get to that point, which is unfortunate, but it's true. Yeah. And um, what do you think are some things that a lot of people take for granted that don't struggle with social anxiety? So like I was just kind of saying on the same line, like sometimes just grabbing a coffee with a friend or like a Zoom meeting that you have for work or like a meeting with a teacher that you have, those things can just make you feel really panicked. And things that are really exciting to people, like a big party or a social event that's coming up to you, it's super nerve wracking because you're like, oh, my God, so many more people around me to around to judge. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so those those things, especially I feel like most people kind of just do all the time, don't even think twice. But when you have social anxiety, it's it's a really big struggle, I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like a lot more people have it, though, than. Like, I wonder if anyone actually doesn't have it at all. Like, there I, might not be. I don't know. I don't know, because looking at people, I think it was most, like, I realized it the most um, during COVID that maybe I was a bit scared because, like, but prior to COVID, um, you had a lot of social interactions in school but once they weren't forced anymore like you had to physically reach out to people and it was a lot of one-on-one -on -one or facetimes or zooms it really kind of spoke to me more that I had a problem with it but when I look at others everyone seems like they're having like a great time but to be fair like like you said I was on the student advocacy committee I was helping a bunch of people with problems just like this but me myself I struggle with it and I'm sure it might not be obvious like Mm -hmm. at school maybe I'm outgoing and stuff but in reality I'm sure everyone struggles with it just a bit um but yeah there's a lot to learn from others I guess in a way yeah but I mean like especially when you look at others like you know on Instagram or, like yeah there, there might be a 10 second video of them like I don't know like dancing to music at a club or something and it, you're like oh yeah there's no way they have social anxiety but what if, you know, like, what if all the behind the scenes stuff that you don't see, like, what if they were, like, nervous the whole time getting dressed or, like, you know, all the things building up to that video, right? Someone described it as, like, you're seeing everyone else's highlights reel yeah. and you're comparing your normal, like, bloopers to them. Like, and it's kind of true. Like, you see everyone's, the surface that everyone wants to present to you. Like, you don't really get to see what's going on. And a lot of the times now when I look at people and they're like 10 second shot of the club or something, I'm like, I've taken that 10 second shot of the club. And I remember being scared mm -hmm. as shit that everyone <laughs> was judging me. So like, you know, it does, it does kind of give you like, now I look at it with a bit more of a realistic lens. And this is something mm -hmm. that's actually really helped me, but um, no, for, for sure. Like that person was probably stressed. Um, I have yet to meet someone who, who's completely not stressed and, like, I have a lot of friends who now, because I don't know if you noticed, like, there's a lot of influencers on social media or micro influencers, mm -hmm. like, they can be your friends. And you know them in person, you know, they were scared, like, to go mm -hmm. out, but, but then, like, there they are, parting it up, yeah. and they're like, it's perfect, right? So, yeah, I mean, even my Instagram, it's obviously not very representative of, like, my actual day-to-day -day life. Like, most of my photos are from traveling and things like that, but am I actually traveling like 365 days a year like definitely not right so, just traveling I saw I saw your story today it was so good <laughs> put it to my friend right. I was like so funny <laughs> oh thank you you should tell your American viewers they'd love that 
Why should I, should I give context? Yeah, you should give context. Okay, so there's this cafe near my house that I go to like pretty often. And I was walking there today and they had this sign that said, we're closed for Canada Day, July 4th, 2022. And I'm like, at first I'm like, that's kind of weird. Like maybe it's just a typo. So like I look inside, it's completely dark. There's like no one there. And even on like maple leaves and stuff on the, the sign, I'm like, this has to be a joke. So, so I, I posted it on my story. Yeah. That was really good. That was really good. Showing real life. Yeah. There, yeah. Maybe I should do more of that. More like day-to-day stuff, you know. That was yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so for the, I guess if, let's say there are some people that have like no social anxiety or maybe uh, just a little bit. What do you, what are some things that they could do to comfort like the other person that does have social anxiety? Like it could be a friend, a coworker, like if you're on a date with somebody, like anything like that. So just the fact that they showed up is usually huge. It means that like they mustered up the courage. They thought that they could do it. So I think one big thing you can do is just encourage them. And it doesn't mean verbally encourage them. Like you don't have to be like, oh, you're doing so good. It's just like show that you're listening to them, that you find what they're saying is interesting. Cause a lot of the times it's like, do they really care about what I'm saying? Or are they just trying to be nice or whatever? So like just try to be attentive, nod, ask them questions. Um, when it comes to like, for example, going to a party, let's say, like mm maybe stick around with them for a bit until they get comfortable and like they're talking and like engage them in your conversation and then abandon them like don't (laughs) just like enter and then leave because like you know I feel like for them they can get a little bit lost in those kind of situations um so yeah those are some things that you could easily do uh yeah definitely just show that you kind of care about what they're having to say because they can get really scared if they don't feel like mm. they're being appreciated yeah I mean maybe also like I don't know maybe not though but do you think it would help maybe to say like I understand that like you might be nervous like don't worry about it or something of course like because to them they might just think like everyone else is having a good time why am I not having a mm-hmm. good time no one can see like in like acknowledging their feelings and telling them that it's okay to have it and maybe that you're a bit nervous too um Mm -hmm. can really help them uh and this isn't just things like parties like now that we're going into like the big world I guess like you're going into like networking events or whatever and most people are nervous about them at least like Mm -hmm. because these aren't just your friends anymore like just let them know because it can reassure them that their feelings are normal and even if you're not the type of person who's nervous, you could just be like, okay, yeah, that that's fine. Like, let me know if there's anything I can do that can be super helpful. Yeah, I agree. And what what would you say? Like, I know you're you're not a doctor just yet, but <laughs> what do you think is uh, like the best way to treat social anxiety, even if it's not, you know, like with a psychiatrist or like with medication, but just like, what do you think is the best uh, best path to take? So. I'd say I have like two ideas on this and the first is develop some self-confidence that sounds so cliche and like a huge thing to do but what I mean by this is like trust that you have interests and they're interesting and what I mean is like okay you have a hobby that you really like find some people to talk about it that will find it interesting maybe find a group of people on Facebook who have that same hobby or a club at school 
or a discord channel that like talks about what you like to talk about and then you'll try to you'll develop some confidence because you'll realize that what you have to say is interesting and these people care about it so I think that's a big thing is like trying to develop some confidence in yourself and then the second thing and this one's a bit like harder to do is try to push yourself out of your comfort zone so Tamir actually showed up one day at my job and I was working as a waitress at um, this like busy cafe I guess at Fairview and that really pushed me out of my comfort zone like (laughs) the thing about customer service is like you're going to be talking to like a bunch of people and they're not necessarily going to even they're not even going to be like covert about the fact that they don't like you they might just tell you like oh they don't Mm. like you or like they don't like like it's a very it could be a very negative judgment and it could come out instead of like you're not really sure if they don't like you so that was like a huge thing and so yeah maybe try to push yourself out of the comfort zone I think like baby steps at first but but yeah that was actually funny to me I loved it when you showed up (laughs) so more people should show up at their friend's work (laughs) (laughs) no no (laughs) oh my god a social anxiety moment right there because you're like oh (laughs) oh no but this person's probably judging me right now no but then Tamir asked me to do this podcast so <laughs> it worked out why why would I judge you I don't know I was you like see, that's what you have to ask yourself right I think I was holding like a tray with like I don't know probably a thousand things and they were all dirty and stuff and I was like oh my god Tamir just saw me like in the moment <laughs> you know that's the thing no when people just show up to your work that you know but like you're like behind the counter or something it's not awkward I feel like it, it can be yeah yeah I think I think it can be but I, I think like people aren't judging like it might feel awkward but yeah I don't know I I, I don't think I ever judged anybody like at a, at a job or anything I mean at least my friend like okay maybe like I've judged like people I don't know for like being rude like or things okay. like that or you know like but not like because they're like working at a job you know if that makes sense but, yeah yeah no that's fair that's fair but in the moment I was a bit like stressed but I think that's a great thing to do is like getting a job or anything trying a position where you have to interact with people and like you can't plan everything and you also can't avoid them because you can't just not show up to work unfortunately so (laughs) like that's like a great idea maybe if you were open to it Mm. and you ever see the youtube channel yes theory no I haven't okay Okay, I really recommend that. Like their their slogan is "Seek discomfort." Oh, um, seek this this is up my yeah. alley. I'm writing it down yeah. right now. <laughs> and they do like they've been doing it for years. They do like all these videos where like they go to like the most expensive neighborhood in California and they ask people to do like a sleepover, or they like bring a random stranger on a trip to Australia, or like like so many. It's crazy. Like it, it's amazing though. Like I, I, it's one of my favorite channels. I would highly Is recommend this the part it. where you put a disclaimer, like you're like, oh, we we don't advise you to to follow and bringing a stranger to Australia. I mean, oh yeah, maybe to me sure, approved. Why not? Yeah, maybe I'll I'll say like I'm not I can't be held uh, responsible legally if anything <laughs> happens. No, yeah. but that's sick. Like, yeah, obviously, maybe not to that level. Well, you could if you're bold enough, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, definitely seeking discomfort that's a great a great idea I mean obviously it can be uncomfortable at first but 
trying to push yourself out of your comfort zone as much as possible is always great. Yeah, I, I agree with that for sure. I feel like whenever I do that, my confidence like rises exponentially. For sure. I have a question for you, actually. Yeah, um, yeah sure. When you went into, because we went to Sejap together. Yeah. Um, when you went in, did you come from a high school where you knew a lot of people or was it kind of like you like, and like a few people? Like you mean people from my high school that went to yeah. Marianopolis? Oh, like very little. Like, see, I feel like that's, point where you're kind of seeking discomfort in a way like I was kind of in a similar Mm -hmm. situation no one pretty much came from my high school so I had to make new friends and like obviously that's super hard but once you do it I'm sure it obviously COVID didn't help that much but that's another situation where I feel like okay moving to a new school that can be super scary but if you manage to like overcome that you get a lot from it in my experience yeah um I can't imagine like international students also. I was thinking about that. I have so much respect for them. It's insane. Like, especially if they don't know the language and they're just like, I don't know. It's it's crazy to me. And the, the like the fact that so many of them do so well and they actually make friends and like, it's like really impressive. No, I agree. One of my friends um, that I met in my first semester, she was an international student and she was telling me that she was really scared to approach us because we felt very intimidating. And the ta- <laughs> at the time, I was like, you know, sometimes the international students feel a bit intimidated. Like, I feel like yeah. I can't approach them because they're very much like between themselves. But I feel like if maybe we were both trying, and especially on our side, because this is like a place we know, a language we know, like, um, and that friendship I have with her is so valuable like I feel like I got to see a whole nother side of Mary um and being her friend but yeah it is extremely difficult she was telling me like it's very intimidating um Mm. to come in so yeah yeah and kind of like I guess we kind of spoke about this but for when you do have those inevitable thoughts like like let's say you're hanging out with your friend and all of a sudden you just get like this thought like what if this person hates me or something or like what if I'm being awkward right now and they they're judging me or like all these irrational thoughts like what can you do to erase them from your head you say this and I'm like why is Tamir just reading my mind right now I'm joking but like (laughs) it is a thought that comes often and so when I experience these thoughts or when others around me experience these thoughts, I just like remind them or myself that why am I here in the first place? It's because they wanted to hang out with me. And so there must be something that I'm bringing to the table. And even if I'm like maybe a more shy or introverted person, and it's not necessarily like I'm bringing a lot of ideas to the table. They appreciate the fact that I'm listening to them and maybe the advice that I give and so on so just like remembering why you're there and the fact that there's a reason why this person is taking time out of their day especially as we grow older where we're more busy like if someone is sacrificing time out of their day that means they're probably interested in what you have to say and this applies to like even professional situations like a networking event like that person's there because they either want someone they want to hire someone or they want to like get to know these students or whatever so like there's a reason why you're there like you should it's gonna be okay Mm. I don't know if sacrificing is the best word though (laughs) yeah sorry oh no like oh because you said uh like sacrifice their time 
Because oh, isn't, sac- yeah, isn't sacrifice sac- no, like... No, no. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, take the time out yeah. of their day to see you. Or, like, I know that, especially for um, my friends that work, and then they're just tired and they want to go, like, to bed or whatever. But instead, they, they FaceTime me or they mm. want to hang out. Like, it's that time, I guess, that's precious. That's why I look at it as a sacrifice. But, yeah, it's not mm. really a sacrifice. That's true. Yeah. Okay, the sacrifice is, like... Mm. How like how would you describe it? like I guess something that you don't want to do but you do it like for a certain goal maybe? Oh yeah, uh, maybe yeah. in that context no. <laughs> I mean, even if you're tired, you still want to see them. That's why you're doing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and um, so now for the imposter syndrome. So how would you explain what imposter syndrome feels like? This is, I would say, um, a big topic, especially as a medical student, because um, just surround and even as a university student, you're at kind of a new level um, with people who are accomplished. They've done a lot of things. They're intelligent. That's why they're going on to pursue higher education. So I would say that an imposter syndrome is this feeling of not being good enough mm. Um it's usually accompanied by like self-doubt and you feel that someone's going to discover that that's why you're like an imposter, that you're not really who you present yourself to be and you don't really belong in the space that you're in. So as a university student, let's say you don't belong in that Mm. program or um, even in a circle of friends, like you're not cool enough to be with these people or whatever, like along those lines. Mm-hmm. do you remember like when Marianopolis was in person in the good old days and <laughs> there was like the honor science event where we made like paper airplanes yes and, I yeah, do I remember walking in there and I'm like oh my god like the IQ in this room is like through the roof and I was getting like overwhelmed almost I'm like should I even be here right now I don't know like I remember that was crazy <laughs> I I can't even ex- like I remember um, even before the paper airplanes, like when we were meeting, I think like, I don't know, there was a pre high school, like we were in high school and we were meeting mm-hmm. and there was this question about, um, I don't know, like false positives. And there was like a huge, oh, yeah, right? I remember, you that. remember this, I, I do. And yeah. Someone like people were kind of understanding the logic that was going on on that graph. And I was like, I have no idea what's going on here. Am I supposed to be here right now? And it is very intimidating. Um, And I still think that now, like being in this program, I remember like um, in my last year of Sejap, I was, I looked at the people above me. I'm like, how are they doing this? Like, how are they in university? How are they doing these big degrees? Like, it's, it's crazy. But that paper airplane thing, (laughs) no. Something so simple you'd think on. And then you see these people and they're like reading these like long paper airplane stuff. I remember that. That was crazy. Yeah. And they're like coming up with all these like suggestions. I remember like you say something like, no, that won't work because of like, you know, um, what is it called? No. Oh, my God. Like me. I want to say like aerodynamics, but I, I was probably thinking of another word. But all these, you know, like excuses. Like, no, we can't make it this angle because of this. And we can't do it like that. I'm like, okay, maybe I'll just stop giving suggestions. And, you know. <laughs> no, I feel like, <laughs> I think honors program is that is that special kind of, 
I like how do I say like we also had PBLs like problem-based learning sessions Mm -hmm. and I remember um people were like at the fifth problem and I was still grappling with like number two and they were using these weird calculus equations and stuff and I was like trying to do addition and subtraction to solve the problem (laughs) and I'm like "Mm." (laughs) you know like it can be very very intimidating I would say but you do deserve to occupy that space like yeah that's the thing it's really important to remember that like you were there for a reason like you were chosen to be there and that means you're capable of doing it so it's unfortunate when some people try to make you feel like you don't belong there but you do um yeah I would say Mm -hmm. and how would you recommend people do actually like actually believe that right not just like tell themselves but to get rid of the imposter syndrome and like be able, you know, to say I belong here or if they get an award or like anything like that, if someone compliments them, they're like, you know what, like, thank you. And I deserve that. So I think just from both of our examples, uh, we've seen that a big part of imposter syndrome is like comparing yourself to others. We look at other people. They're so like capable. They're, telling us why our paper airplane model is wrong using stuff that we'd see in physics in university. Maybe they're talking about these aerodynamics or whatever, like, but at the same time, um, recognize that once again, you worked hard and you deserve these accomplishments. It is very hard to accept them, but maybe stop looking at what's going on around you and look at what you've done. And this is a lot harder said than done, but comparing yourself, I think, is at the root of most of it. And at Marianopolis, mm. it was very easy to compare yourself. In fact, I think most of our academics was kind of because of how like grading was done and stuff. It was just built on comparing yourself. So it was really a hard environment to kind of get away from imposter syndrome. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very important, I think, to not compare yourself to others. Yeah, I think even I had like two teachers that refused to show like anything like averages or standard deviations. And I remember one of them even called the R score like the R scare. <laughs> and, and like I noticed though, like in those classes, the stress levels were so much lower because it was more just like focused on doing well and understanding and like, you know, being better than everyone else. Yeah, and. I really like I don't want to get I guess too into it but like I find that the R score it kind of literally manifests imposter syndrome in that you're directly compared to it's not even like in high school or whatever you get a grade for the things that you did but no your grade depends on how others are like performing so it makes it very difficult to see that you deserve to be there when like your grades can change depending on how well others are doing um Mm -hmm. and you're another thing is that I feel like especially at Mary maybe and this might be a bit controversial is a lot of people like are celebrated based directly either on their grades or their accomplishments like it's Mm -hmm. how many clubs you do or like how many what like you know you're kind of assigned a value based off of that that also makes it really hard to get away from imposter syndrome so um having a good environment is important I know that's again harder said than done yeah because I remember I I started the physics club 
in Marianopolis. And like when I was starting it, I kept thinking like, like, who do I think I am? You know, that I'm like starting a club and I'm like trying to get members and organize events. I'm like, I'm not as good as like, you know, all the people that know what they're doing. Like, like, of course, the people in the other 80 clubs know what they're doing, you know, but it's not actually true because when I actually started like doing it and doing events and I got like a, a lot more funding than a lot of other clubs. And we, we actually got like a lot of members and I'm like, okay, like, you know, maybe I do know what I'm doing. So, but like the weird thing is, is that like you always start with the assumption that you don't know what you're doing until proven otherwise. And it might be healthier to have like the other way around, you know? I I agree. Like having the confidence to do it is, is important. I remember um, when I first started my position in student advocacy, I was like, how am I going to help other people navigate a system that I barely know myself? But after I started doing it and I realized I was having a positive impact on them, it really changed the way I saw it. Um, but I, I bet you a lot of people would be doing even better if they believed in themselves from the beginning. But again, that mm-hmm. takes time, you know, to develop. Yeah. And um, do you think also, because I have a feeling that like people that are like, I don't like it in the nicest way possible, like maybe more simple, like, like, I don't want to use the word not smart because it doesn't have to be the case, but let's just say you're, I don't know, like you're in a trade or you could totally be smart and whatever. Like, I'm not trying to say anything, but I feel like usually when you're in more of like a laid back environment, there, there isn't much imposter syndrome. I feel like the higher up you get in like at least perceived intelligence or like, you know, like in school or like kind of professional programs and, and like the workforce and all that, there's like more and more imposter syndrome. Like I, there's probably more imposter syndrome, like in med and law and things like that. than let's say like the faculty of arts. So like, do you think that's the case? Like the more like you move up, the more imposter syndrome there is. I think it's um, certainly a possibility, um, especially because I guess the more difficult the things you are doing are perceived and the more you accomplish, the higher the expectations are for you. And so the more you can fall in a way, like if you don't turn out to deliver, like the consequences are maybe a bit worse. So um, I think it's very possible. I know that there's something like, 90 plus percent 95 percent or something um we learned in medical school have moderate to high intensity imposter syndrome it's a very common thing in medical school to have that just because um not only do you have a high expectation of yourself your family and friends have a high expectation society has a high expectation of what you're supposed to be doing so you have a lot harder you can fall a lot more and you might feel like oh maybe I can't do all of this I don't I think that could be in any field though like once you become really successful or you accomplish a lot of things in whatever you're doing it's like wow okay if I mess up and if everyone discovers that I can't do it then I have a lot more to lose so I I think it's it's very possible Mm. yeah yeah I, I think that makes sense yeah so like, basically, I guess it's just a more accomplished, like, kind of, like, potential difference, you know, like, 
<laughs> Obviously, you can tell Tamir was in the physics club. <laughs> yeah, it's, I guess like yeah, the high. I guess the higher up you go in anything, like even just based on like pure like success, even it could be anything, right? Like social or financial or whatever, like position. I guess the more space you have to fall, the more imposter syndrome could go up. I guess that's maybe the better explanation. Exactly, because the fat like if it turns out that you can't do something, it's like, oh, wow, I am a fake. I can't do anything. So that fear is constantly there. Like the more you accomplish stuff. Um, and so just keep in mind, like, I guess, I think in medical students, they don't know that their classmates feel the same. And mm-hmm. it's important to know that there's probably a lot of people around you who feel the same and that it's it's okay. Like, even if you um stumble a little like no one thinks that you're stupid or anything it's just something that you've kind of created within yourself yeah that's that's good to keep in mind yeah Yeah. and um why do you think though that it is uncomfortable to hear like praise and compliments and others telling you that they look up to you even like if you know that you've accomplished many things right like even in your example like a lot of people would consider like the most successful path in academics is like to go to med school, right? But even once you've done all of that, you could still feel imposter syndrome. And even if you become, like, even if you do a surgery, surgery residency at like, you know, um, what is the Mayo Clinic or whatever, and you become like, like you keep moving up and up, but you could get all the awards, you could get all the, you know, people looking up to you, but you, you still might not ever feel like you deserve that or like, at least be comfortable with all the feedback that you're getting. So why do you think that's the case? I really wish I had a solution for this. I think I have an idea as to like why it happens, but even myself, like, I don't know the answer. I feel like it's kind of inevitable. I would say that obviously, like when you start believing in yourself, that can kind of go away. But a lot of the times, even simple compliments, you notice people turn them into jokes or Mm. they try to compliment the other person or they try to change the topic and pass off the credit to someone else. Like say it was nothing. Um, And so similar to what I was saying about imposter syndrome, when you feel like you don't belong in the space that you're in, taking a compliment can be difficult because you're afraid to fail their expectations. So like, let's say you Mm -hmm. accept that, um, I don't know, you're so smart. And then what if like two minutes later you say something and you don't think it was that smart. You're like, wow, I just failed their expectations. So it's, it's easier to just push away their compliments than to accept and like have their expectations kind of raised for you, which is, which is sad, honestly, because imagine like, they're saying that compliment for a reason. And one way you can change yeah. the way you look at it is that remember that it's the compliment is not necessarily always about you. It's also about them. It's about how you made them feel, how you like um, inspired them. So that's also another way to change your view on compliments and accepting them doesn't really reflect necessarily on you, but just appreciate that this is what the pers- other person feels about you. Yeah. What you were saying before is really true because I'm also a math tutor. And yeah, like, and all the time like people say like oh you're a math tutor you're probably like so amazing on math and whatever so then when we do sessions I'm like 
so much. I'm like, I really hope I don't mess up like a line or like I write an equation wrong. And like, they're going to think that I'm like, I'm a phony or something. It makes a lot of sense. No, definitely. Those are all. I remember once um, my friend, she was doing a summer camp and she was like, she needed an activity. So um, I offered to like teach her kids like martial arts for an hour because I did martial arts for a really long time. I Mm -hmm. thought I could do it. And then I'm like, they're like, oh my God, she's so cool. Like I come up with like my karate uniform <laughs> or whatever. And I'm like, oh shit, what if I don't teach them well? Sorry, I don't know if I should have said that, but. Um, it's okay. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's, if you're going to censor that, but um, no, what I if I mess gonna, up? I'm just going to mark it. I'm just going to mark it as explicit. It's okay. <laughs> no. No, no, no. I but took mo- off half your audience. <laughs> no, no, honestly, all of my episodes, but one are explicit. So don't worry about it. oh my god um (laughs) but anyway I was like okay what if I just let a bunch of nine-year-olds down because they don't feel like I can punch well or something but luckily it went well but like I I know what you're saying like once you once they hype you up you're like oh my god like what if I mess up and I I think that's a big part of like why it's hard to take compliments in a way Hmm. yeah I think maybe accepting compliments more though might kind of help with that but like I, I saw, I think it was either a video or an article like a couple of weeks ago. And it said like, you should always just say like, thank you when someone compliments you instead of like, like if someone says like, I like your eyes, you know, like you shouldn't say like, oh no, they're like not that special or whatever. Like you should, because like just training yourself to say thank you and not like backfire it. Like it is, I think is really helpful. So. Wow. No, that's. It's great. Just like, I agree. Probably just saying thank you is simple. I know a lot of people go on tangents after, but stopping it there and maybe just appreciating it is a, is a simple solution. I, I really like that, actually. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and um, so also, do you think that helping others with their issues can help ease your own like imposter syndrome or social anxiety? Like when you hear other people and you give them guidance, it might kind of show you like oh you know maybe like I shouldn't worry as much myself a hundred percent I think a big part of why I enjoyed um Sejap and like even university now is that I really like mentoring others and like the reason why is because I can see myself enacting a positive impact on them and I'm like oh my god it gives me self-confidence it helps motivate me it tells me like my social interactions are helping someone else so maybe I should have more of them like it definitely can help with your own imposter syndrome or social anxiety and then on another layer I think just recognizing that you're not the only one and you're not struggling with it alone is also very helpful because it puts Mm. things in perspective for you and makes you realize okay like I'm not weird for having these feelings and even just like talking to you about it today and maybe having other people listen to it and thinking like oh wow this is relatable like I've had this um can help them with their social anxiety I think it's just great to to help others because it can really show you what you can do Mm -hmm. yeah or even I think just like knowing that the other person also experienced similar things it might like help a lot right like if you're like let's say you're like going on a date with somebody and you're like super nervous the whole time and then you obviously expect that they don't have an ounce of nervousness because that's like how our brains work 
right? You're like, of course, like they don't care. They're probably just like watching TV until like 10 minutes before. And then they just leave and whatever, you know, like they didn't think about it the whole day. But if like when the other person arrives and they're like, you know, like I'm actually like, I was a bit nervous and like that might make you feel so great. You know, like you're like, oh, you know, like that's good to hear. You know? No, that's that's so true. And I, I'm actually so curious to know, like when people are having interact, let's say like I'm going on a date with someone can they notice and feel my nerves? Like if they're so good at concealing them because I can't see them, right? Like can the other person feel it? Like sometimes I think about it. I'm like, is it obvious that I'm really nervous about what's coming? Or Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Because you can't really see it in the other person. I mean, maybe if you're like one of those people that study body language and things like that, maybe you could, you know? (laughs) But like, for example, like when you saw me Mm -hmm. at the restaurant, let's say, like, did it look like I was really nervous or did it look like? Not at all, actually. See, that's so interesting. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, just thinking about it like this, like I was probably like, literally my stomach was probably dying. (laughs) But like to you, I probably look normal. And like, I think that says a lot right there. Like most people looks like they're just kind of like dealing with it and not like it doesn't even like pass a second thought, but really could be nerve wracking for them too. That's actually, yeah. that helped me a lot right there to me. It just yeah. was like that one sentence. <laughs> Why did I look nervous when I came in? No. No. I mean, like I, I was a tiny bit, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. I was like, should I? And like, I don't know, like if I should disturb her, you know? So I got, there's always like both sides, I guess. You don't always get to know about, right? So. I agree. that's great yeah all right well yeah i think that that's a good way to end it also and thank you so much again i really liked it thank you it was fun and i'm happy i came on the podcast and i didn't get too nervous and not come on so (laughs) it was great yeah